When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Riley and Robbie Hyde. Welcome back to the Barreled Up podcast, a live YouTube recording. I am excited. I think everybody out there watching is excited. I think everybody that is here with me on screen is excited. Spring training is here. Robbie, I know you're feeling good. And our friends, our guests from Blue Jays today, Nick and Adam. I'm sure you guys are feeling good. How are you doing, boys? Yeah, absolutely phenomenal, man. I mean, when you when you see Alec Manoa out on Twitter, multiple pictures and multiple videos of this guy looking like he dropped about 30 pounds in the mm-hmm. best shape of his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, I, I it's like Christmas, bro. It's amazing. Dude, and it's not even just Manoa. It's just like watching these guys enter in with the smiles mm, on their faces. Yeah. We went live earlier yeah. today on our channel. I was telling Adam, I was saying, I don't know how the hell any working human being did any work today. Because <laughs> I was just on Twitter I was yep. watching these grown men just show up to their jobs mm-hmm. and I couldn't get enough. I couldn't get enough, man. Yeah. It it's a lot of fun. It's exciting, right? And it's constant. You know, you Twitter, Instagram, everything, it's it's everywhere. Um one um I guess it's it sort of kicks us off the the I don't know, big news of the last hour or so is Rob Manfred is going to be st- stepping down or not stepping down, but his current contract that expires in five years will be the end of his time as commissioner of major league baseball. It seems so far away. He still is going to be the commissioner during another CBA. Um, other than, other than that, anybody have any thoughts on, on Rob? We, we, we can see the end. In, the end is in sight for Rob Manfred. Anybody have any hot takes, any any feelings of relief that Manfred's walking out the door in five years? Well, I, I think something that's kind of cool, you said this, mm. uh, but did did he not come out and say that he was looking to make it 32 teams yeah. before, before mm-hmm. his term ended, 32 teams? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of a thing. That's yeah. kind of exciting. Yeah. Yep. The deadline that he talked about, Robbie, do you ever see us with a deadline? He's talking, he was trying to talking about it. Last CBA wanted to get a December deadline for free agents. Players hated that idea. Are we ever going to get a deadline to speed up free agency? I don't think so. I don't think you're, yeah. you're ever going to see a hard deadline. I, I do wonder if maybe they could get creative with some things like, because you could also look at it from the point of view where maybe holding out this long 
could actually be affecting the players at it to some extent, right? Blake Snell sure. had $150 million on the table at one point. And is he, mm-hmm. is he even going to get a two year deal at this point? Like what's right. even going to happen with him? Um, you know, so I think you could look at it from that point of view, but you could also look at it where, you know, maybe the players are losing leverage at the same time, but then you could also bounce back and look at it from a team point of view too, where it's like, these teams are in spring training right now and they feel like they're still a little bit in limbo where, you know, their rosters aren't complete and yeah. they could maybe use another piece or two. But then you got someone like Scott Boris, who I think we can all agree purposely holding out to an, an extent to get as much leverage as he can. And, yeah. you know, and sure, maybe that could end up helping the players, but that could also be affecting them, too. But to get back to the question, I don't think you'll ever get a hard deadline. I wonder if maybe you could get some kind of parameters put in place. I'm not sure what those would even be. I have no answer to that. Um, But it's definitely something interesting. The fact that he brought it up, you know, I think that's something you could hear about over Mm -hmm. the next couple of years. So, yeah, it'll be uh, it's something that could, could turn could turn the whole uh, free agency and offseason into more of an event. And that if they can figure out the right way to do that, that doesn't impact the players. I mean, the NBA has it. The NFL has it. Um, if there's a way Major League Baseball could figure it out, cool. Otherwise, but it's, it is, that's going to be, that's, that's going to be a tough one to, to, to dig into, but let's um, that's Rob Manfred. Let's talk blue Jays. We have, again, the guys from blue Jays today here. Um, happy to have them back. Those that may remember, uh, you know, Adam and Nick and I, uh, last year, we're doing that damn baseball show, which was fun. So it was kind of fun to get the boys back together. Um, and speaking of boys getting back together, you mentioned it right off the top, uh, Adam, um, Manoa. I, I, I feel like, you know, is this, I guess here's the question. Is this just like, spring training we're excited and our excitement is getting the best of us or i mean we see alec manoa i mean we gotta see him in a game but dude looks good like like back good yeah i mean of course it is kind of you know over the top excitement you know we haven't seen these guys in a few months and and to finally see them back in in a completely new like shape this guy's Absolutely looking good, like I said off the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's also a bit of excitement of what could potentially be. I mean, yeah. getting in shape isn't going to hurt your game at all. If anything, it's going to help you on the field. And hopefully it helps you stay healthy because that was also a thing that like kind of was thrown to the side that no one really talks about Alec Manoa specifically is that he actually came into spring training last year. Kevin Gosselin said this on a podcast. Uh, he actually came in he- unhealthy and, and is something wrong with his elbow. That's why he got right. those shots at the end of the season. Uh, so – Yes, he looks great. Yes, he looks awesome. But big things are, does he have command? Does he uh, have the velocity they did last year or two years ago back in 2022? And Mm -hmm. is he going to be healthy? So those are still questions that we don't know yet until we see some live action. But we can obviously be be happy that he's in like some of the best shape I've ever seen him in a Blue Jays uniform. It's, 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 is it the missing piece, Manoa? This upcoming season, you know, it, last year's rotation was so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, there had to have been a little bit of luck that went into it. Uh, there were basically no injuries to speak of uh, outside of the Manoa stuff. That rotation was so good. If he can recapture some of that form, this is 
that's the missing piece that takes this team from 89 wins and a wild card like they were last year up to high 90s and maybe they're fighting for the division um nick do you like is is manoa i mean there were no major crazy offseason splashes uh, would manoa kind of be the splash if if he can get back to that to that 2022 form well the problem is jim that he doesn't bat left um so um, I, I hear you man i do hear you and and trust me i am so deep onto this train of manoa hype like i left right around 9 a.m this morning and like i am i'm gone like you're not bringing me back to reality okay i, I do believe that this guy is all the way back but yep. i mean if this toronto blue jays team seriously wants to uh you know fight for that division with the orioles with the yankees with the rays you know even the red Sox in there um you know they're gonna need a they're gonna need more from their hitting standpoint because i was talking to adam about this earlier i mean our pitching last year was a, a top five unit in the entire mlb right yep. and, and yep. like they, they were great so Manoa's gonna come in and i do think that he will help that but it's actually like it's kind of hard for them to get better than where they were at last year mm. you know i think that manoa coming in and looking the way that he does and assuming that he that he does perform when he faces live batters i think that that's going to help reinforce that pitching staff to stay in the same place like still mm. be a top eight top five maybe even top three unit in the entire mlb but this team to win 90 games they're still going to need guerrero they're still going to need Bo. they're still going to need springer to oh, yeah. uh you know go back to the way that he was. They're still going to need Dalton Varsho to not just play defense, but also hit the ball pretty well too. Mm-hmm. I think that Manoa's phenomenal, man, but I don't know if he's necessarily the off-season acquisition that's going to take them to how they like to put it, their next level. Are there any more Blue Jays moves to be made? Ross Atkins was asked that question, and he said that at this point for any moves – any additions, there would need to be some type of subtraction. Um, what do you guys think? Do you okay. think the Blue Jays wait, have wait. another move? But before before we answer that, because I'll tell you right now, we've spent all offseason talking about this. Uh, Literally yeah. all offseason. Just as yeah. you guys have been talking about all MLB and also Blue Jays. We've spent every, all offseason talking about this specific thing. And mm-hmm. we are going to give our two cents. But Robbie Hyde, the Boston Red Sox fan, unbiased. Mm. Out of so you know, I want to hear your are the Toronto Blue Jays gonna make any more moves? You've seen us get hurt time and time again this offseason. Are we gonna make any more moves from a Boston Red Sox fan? No, I don't think so. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's I don't know, man. Like I, I've thought Cody Bellinger for a long time, but you know, and once they got Kevin Kiermeyer back, I was like, eh, well, all right, I don't know about that. Could that still be a possibility, you know, depending on what happens with this market? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like they kind of – it just doesn't feel like they're going to make any more big moves. Maybe some minor moves, you know, maybe another yeah. bullpen piece. But, um, you know, adding IKF, Justin Turner, you know, those aren't the biggest – you know, the, the most splashy signings. But what I like about those signings is what they're going to bring to the clubhouse. And I think that's – to me, I don't know. It, it just felt – I talked with you about this a little while ago, Jim, where I, I don't know. There was something just weird with this Blue Jays team in the last couple of years, and I'd like to hear your guys' thoughts too. They almost feel like 
I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't watch them day to day. I'm not going to sit here and say I know everything about the Blue Jays from top to bottom, but it just feels like they should be playing better and maybe they come off as stiff to me. I don't know. To me, I think adding someone like Justin Turner, IKF, that's going to just bring good chemistry to that team. And then IKF as well, it brings that versatility there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Like, I just, it doesn't feel like they have another move in them unless it's like a bullpen kind of a move. And that's just where I'm at right now. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, you actually kind of described it perfectly how the Blue Jays kind of feel stiff. You know, recently I was looking at, you know, our top six guys last year in 2023 um, who led the team in at-bats or plate appearances. And, you know, you had George Springer because he was lead off, um, regressed heavily. He almost had 700 plate appearances. And, and we saw some a guy around a 720 OPS, you know, just not didn't look like George Springer that you're paying $25 million to. And you had Bo Bichette. You know, he obviously had a great year for Bo Bichette, did exactly what he needs to do. Vladdy dropping off a little bit, as exciting and hyped up as he is in the MLB, just not reaching that level, that star power level that you really need to carry an offense. And then following them was with Merrifield, Matt Chapman, Dalton Varsho, who Merrifield had a great year for the first four months and then fell off. But then you have Matt Chapman, who's just like, he's a good bat. There's some power in there for sure. You want him in the lineup. And then Dalton Varsho kind of underperforming some expectations. So you kind of see the top six guys, and there's no one really there other than Bobachet who doing Bobachet stuff, great stuff. No really a lot of guys, not a lot of guys that are really like popping. And th- that's that's what was missing. And maybe it's a bit of youth, maybe it's a bit of age too with George Springer, but it feels like you needed to bring somebody in this offseason. That's why we're thinking like Cody Bellinger, someone who's entering the prime of his career in terms of his age, to kind of give you that that pop, that excitement. And they, they're not, I don't think they're going to make any moves either, Robbie, if I'm going to answer your, uh, Jim's question too, because it, it feels like they would have done it already, or maybe they're waiting for some sort of like, maybe they're going to change what kind of contract they're looking for. If they're not getting the contract they want for Cody Bellinger, maybe they can do some sort of shorter deal. I don't really know. I, I think it's unlikely, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Someone needs to step up from that, from that core of Blue Jays to make them excited. Yeah. Well, but the, the reason that they're not going to make any moves is, is exactly what Robbie was saying. Because your thoughts, what, what you're saying, Robbie, them being stiff, them not hitting their potential, that's what the management is seeing too. And that's what they're seeing after they have paid George Springer $25 million a year, after they have signed Kevin Gosman to a very lucrative deal, after they've got Chris Bassett, after they've made these trades, after they brought in these pieces, right? They've done all that. They've done it offseason after offseason, trade deadline after trade deadline. And so when they're still seeing this team that they've heavily invested in, that they have this core that has been hyped up by the MLB forever, and they're still seeing them play stiff, not reach their potential. This was the breaking point of the offseason where I think Rogers, you know, Rogers Communication Company owns the Blue Jays. I think they said, no, we're, we're not going to go out and spend another $100 million or $200 million on a guy, obviously, unless it's Shohei Otani, because that's a separate, that's different, different yeah. player. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to go out. We're not going to do that again. Because we've done that for the last three seasons now, and where are the results? Mm-hmm. There aren't any. They kind of banking know? on the guys, the guys that they brought up to this team back in 2019. Bo Vlad, you know, they're they're riding with them. And one one thing I've noticed with the Blue Jays too is, and I kind of thought about that. It's like because they have all these good hitters, they have these names. Why aren't they really getting past this this ceiling? Uh, where they seem to just get stuck. I really do think a lot of it 
in the end, it comes down to smaller things with the Blue Jays. Like, for instance, they were one of the worst base running teams last year. Yeah. Or they were, I think, 27th or 28th last year. So that could come down to just simple, you know, calls from the coaching staff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, just little things like that. Um, where, you know, maybe bringing, you know, maybe a veteran addition like Justin Turner, where, you know, he's also going to help the clubhouse be a little bit more loose. You know, I think that's just an important addition as well, just the intangibles that he brings. And that's where I think they, they just need to kind of make these better decisions, I think, because the Blue Jays are full of stars. Like like you said, the pitching staff, incredible. I mean, I love Kevin Gosman. I, he's one of my favorite pitchers in the game. Um, Alec Manoa, I think he's, he's going to have a good season, honestly, if he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so much good about this team. Then you just think, why aren't they doing anything? I, mm-hmm. I do think it comes down mm-hmm. to the smaller things, right? And that could be you know, manager calls, coaching staff kind of kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, hey, to Ross Atkins' credit, he did say that he said the major thing they changed this offseason was supporting the team. And we were kind of laughing about it on our channel, like, oh, like, that's what they need to do. They need to support the guys. Well, actually, they changed up their offensive. They have, they have now an offensive coordinator, not just a football term anymore. It's in, it's in baseball now. Mm-hmm. We have an offensive coordinator. We changed up the hitting assistants. And we actually have new third base coach. Um, he's going to be coming in this year. So, you know, you're talking about base running calls. I mean, does that play a factor? And also I think there is some credit to the, the players themselves who, who are making all these mistakes a lot on the base paths, not to solo at anybody, but guys like Vladdy, right. Who are yeah. getting on base and he made a lot of errors, especially in the playoffs. Um, like maybe there's a little bit of growth there too, too right. So I think yeah. maybe, uh, maybe all these kind of moves, maybe you, you won't see it on paper in the numbers, but it could be, you might see it in the win column too. Yeah. And it's nice to see that these guys are taking the time this offseason to actually take care of themselves a little bit, get into some better shape. Uh, you know, I think you could argue, I don't know, Vlad, obviously, from a personal point of view, but he kind of came off to me in the last couple of years as a guy that was kind of sitting on his laurels a mm. little bit. Kind of, you know, Vlad Jr., he hits bombs, right? But I think you need to see something different from Vlad this year instead of just going for bombs all the time. Right. I think yeah. you just need to improve the overall offensive game, um, not just from a, a bat point of view, you know, how you're approaching your at bats, uh, you know, decisions on the bases. It's the smaller things in the end of the Blue Jays, I think. Let me ask you this, guys. Um, is Joey Votto going to be a Toronto Blue Jay? <laughs> no. <laughs> Come on. Do it. Too many times. Do it. <laughs> Why not? No, seriously. I'm like, why Can not? we do one-day contract? You know, one-day contract. So, so I'm looking Joey Votto thing. Retire with the Blue Jays on a one-year deal. That one-year really contract. With them. I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the 40-man roster right now for the Toronto Blue Jays. If the Blue Jays waived or not waived, but uh, sent Ernie Clement on assignment, who's going to pick up Ernie Clement? Uh, 28 years old, hasn't really been able to make it yet. I think Ernie Clement probably passes through waivers and is right back in Buffalo. There's your spot for Joey Votto. And you're saying, well, they need a spot for Ricky Tiedemann. Well, that's Mitch White. Bye, Mitch. Like, we don't, it doesn't matter if anybody picks up Mitch White. Bye, Mitch. And, and, and who, by the way, funny story, I saw Mitch White. Um, when I went to the Jays and D backs game in the summertime, this was the game where Toronto came back and won. I want to say they they took it in extras. And 
But Mitch White blew the, they, they they had like a seven to nothing lead or something like that. And Mitch White like single-handedly blew the game. And after the game, we're sitting in traffic, leaving Rogers Center, and Mitch White is walking with his headphones on, just kind of like head down, totally bummed out after you know almost blowing the game for the Toronto Blue Jays. And, and I'm like, I'm sitting there, I'm like, like that's Mitch as we drive by, like that's Mitch White. Anyway, so uh, by Mitch, Mitch can go. There's your spot for Ricky Tiedemann. Ernie passes through waivers. There's your spot for Joey Votto. I say, let's do it. Here's a trade. I have a trade proposal for you guys. I got a trade proposal for you. Okay. Clear my throat. So what about you say Kikuchi, Mm -hmm. Santiago Espinal, Mm-hmm. And we're going to have to include a decent prospect. Okay. I'm going to go to Leo Jimenez. Sure. Okay. Or Hassan Kim. Do the Blue Jays say no to that? Hassan Kim's on a one year, right? If I'm not mistaken, or he has a player option. He's done. He he's he's a, he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. I do believe there's an option, but I think he's done. I mean, okay. I I would. Well, I I mean, me personally, I'd be all over that. I'd find it hard to believe that that would get accepted i mean i guess that it's all about the prospect really but i i mean i would yeah, the prospects make or break the, the, the prospects make or break because if you bring in espinal that replaces us on kim in the roster right that 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 that's your second baseman mm-hmm. if you're san yeah. diego um you say kikuchi is your three maybe your four at, at the very worst he's the four he could yes. be the three with that san diego rotation and it, the prospects got to carry weight if leo jimenez doesn't get it done move up a spot uh, but it feels like there is, and we heard from Bob Nightingale, who heard from AJ Preller, that Preller is in trade talks, and Hassan Kim is a player generating a ton of interest. I feel like there's a trade to be had, and there's not a lot of, in my opinion, there's not a lot of trade suitors. There's not a lot of good partners there. Mm-hmm. The Blue Jays, without Yusei Kikuchi, are going to be fine. Right, if Alec oh, Manoa is back, you got Yariel. But it's already said Yariel Rodriguez is here as a starting pitcher. Okay, mm-hmm. we, we, are the Blue Jays going to go with a six-man rotation? So right. you've got you've and and Ricky Tiedemann. So if you traded Yusei Kikuchi, then it's kind of a competition between Rodriguez and Tiedemann for that number five spot in the rotation. Like the Blue Jays would not miss Yusei Kikuchi at all, and the Padres. Padres fans are pushing back and they're saying, no, we got Drew Thorpe and we got all these, we got, we got, uh, we have the back of our rotation. You have the back of your rotation if you're trying to win 78 games. But if you're trying to compete in the division, more needs to be done, in my opinion. I, it's, it's the prospect. The prospect may need to be beefed up. And yeah. at that point, um, the Blue Jays may say it's too rich for our blood. But it seems like there's a trade Can, to um, be had. Correct me if I'm wrong, but can can Kim play third? I don't believe he's got the strong enough arm. He can play short. He can play second. He can play I, there in a pinch, but yeah, yeah, yeah. every day. Okay. okay. I mean, your proposal, Jim, I'd smash that. Yeah. I'd smash that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I'm just wondering if you say is going to be the guy to bring the Padres into some sort of competitive window. Like, I love you, say, but I don't know. I don't know if that would be... You know what I mean? But also, like, having yep. him on the team, are they even going to be competitive? Like, what would be the purpose from San Diego just to get, like, a good prospect, right? So that's why I think you probably would need to have a juicier prospect. Yeah. Um, the 
you know, I've I've seen, I've I've read, uh, you know, Dennis Lynn out there in San Diego. You know, they were the the the, the discussion is the Padres with their holes. What's the piece that's currently on roster that could be used to fill some of those holes? And Hassan Kim is the guy. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you are a better team with a number three, at worst, number four starting pitcher. I, again, I think you think if, if Kikuchi's pitching like he did last year for Toronto, he's comfortably the number three for the San Diego Padres. Yeah. And yeah. then you have San Diego Espinal, who's going to give you a very good defense. Um, he's your second baseman. And if your prospect, if the prospect is close, if the prospect is ready, then you can fill three holes on the active roster for Hassan Kim. That makes your team more competitive. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, Kim is a defensive first player. Uh, I, I like his plate approach. There's not a ton of swing and myth with, with, with Hassan Kim. I, I, I want the trade to happen. And I don't know how how uh, how we make it happen, but that's my if I had a wish list item for between now and opening day, um, I, I would love to see the Blue Jays utilize the fact that starting pitching, trading for starting pitching is at such a high premium. You say Kikuchi's in the final year of his deal and he's not going to be back. We won't miss him one bit with. Uh, a Manoa bounce back, the signing of Rodriguez and Ricky Tiedemann's ascension. So let's try to make both teams better. And I think Hassan Kim would make the Blue Jays better. Well, I would also I say, say this. Uh, go, go, yeah. Roth Atkins came out and and <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> he always says ridiculous stuff. But uh, he came out today and and so when somebody asked him like whether or not the Blue Jays are going to make any more moves, the whole thing that sparked this conversation. Um, this isn't verbatim, oh, but it was, he said, uh, effectively, if we are going to, uh, additions that would be of significance would mean some level of subtraction, uh, which boys, I don't think really means anything at all, but you could spin it in the way that if they're going to add, maybe they're looking at a trade, right? Yeah. So yeah, sure. the 40 man's full, the 40 man is full. So what he said is right. Like it, mm. Mitch White, Ernie Clement, those got to be two of the guys that are, you know, that's the, the chopping block. And, and again, from a financial perspective, because it's that second tax threshold that the Blue Jays are really close to. Uh, you say Kikuchi's making 10 mil. Hassan Kim's making eight. Blue mm-hmm. Jays can pull off that trade and it works financially as well. Uh, so all the reasons why. Uh, let's. Well, I want to jump into that. I yes, go for that. it. Um, I think the Padres, well, right now the Padres works for the Blue Jays. I think you got to look at it from the Padres point of view. Their main focus right now is adding an outfielder. Like that's their, they Mm -hmm. have no outfielders, right? You got Fernando Tatis Jr. Got Azucar there. Uh, They've been really linked with Jaron Duran. Sam Mm -hmm. Freilich has come up as well with the Brewers. So that's their main thing right now. I think if you traded Hassan Kim, I think, if you could somehow get an outfielder back in return, yeah. like I think that could that could be something where you know maybe Nathan you Luke's, do, yeah, you know, <laughs> do, maybe you could do like some sort of uh, I don't know, do like a three way trade where maybe someone like Taylor Ward could go back to the Padres or like Brian De La Cruz on the Marlins, you know, something like that. You know, maybe you could package mm-hmm. him with Tanner Scott, who's got one year left. You know, 
there's, I think that would be the way, in my opinion, to because that's the Padres. Yeah, they have starting pitching. Maybe it's not the best, but you still have a one, two, three in Musgrove and Darvish and King now. So I think right now, high priority for them is outfield, right? So if that could get an outfielder, I think that's that would be something that works for them. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. No, you're right. That's mm-hmm. I, I love that. There's there's a lot of teams that are sitting there with a fourth outfielder, but don't have the need for Hassan Kim. So that's not there's no trade partners there in that aspect. But if the Blue Jays are willing to grab the Angels or grab you know Miami and send send a prospect to Miami. Um, instead of to that, that Leo Jimenez, instead of sending that player to San Diego, send that player to Miami. And then Miami sends Jesus Sanchez or somebody or Brian De La Cruz to the Padres there. It's, it's there. Just need these GMs a to get creative and B to listen to the podcast. Um, (laughs) let's go, let's get to Robbie here. Cause Robbie's our resident Red Sox fan. And there is something very interesting brewing with Jordan Montgomery. That being Chris Young has said, we're done, folks. So where is Jordan Montgomery going to sign? Robbie, you have a compelling argument for the Red Sox. Let's hear it. I mean, do I? I mean, I've been. No, you do. Your your tweet. Your tweet earlier today. Literally, it outlines. It's like there's nobody left. I, I did a video like two weeks ago that Jordan Montgomery's market had fallen apart. The Boston Red Sox, for what you outlined in your tweet and for what, what others are probably thinking on the other side of the screen or, or listening, driving in their car, like Jordan Montgomery makes sense. It, it's like, the, but the more I keep saying it, the more like I am this close to buying a clown nose at Party <laughs> City where it's like, I keep saying no, it stand over on and over that again. Hill. It's not happening. So it's like, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think, honestly. Like, he makes all the sense. I'm tired of talking yeah. about it. Like, yeah. I, I just want something to happen here. It, it makes all the sense in the world. But I think this also gets back to the conversation we had earlier about the, the whole deadline thing for the offseason. It's like, maybe, you know, Montgomery, could he have possibly been affected here, you know, by the way this offseason has played out? Is, who knows? Mm. Maybe if a deadline could have helped him out, possibly at some point. I don't know. But it's getting a little much now to where it's like you have no idea where he's going to go. The Phillies, they're talking with Zach Wheeler now uh, about yep. an extension. That's going to be a fat contract. So uh, reports mm. are they're only looking at Montgomery for maybe one, two years. It, so, however, and there have been other reports, too, if he doesn't get a long term deal, he's more willing to take a short-term deal to go play for a winner. And according to industry mm-hmm. sources, he would rather do that than go to the Red Sox for three years, right? Or, you know, whatever they're trying to offer him. So at the end of the day, it really comes – the Red Sox, they could do it if they want. I just – I don't know what they're doing. It's it's aggravating. I I don't know what to – I don't even know what to say. I, I keep wondering if the Astros will jump in because – they prior to Justin Verlander having a setback, they were talking about adding star, uh, some starting pitching, right? To maybe move a guy to the bullpen like Jose Arquiti. So, you in that scenario, you could stay in Texas, and that could also be a winner, right? Well, Texas, if the Rangers don't want to take you back, well, maybe go to the Astros on like a one or two year deal, right? So, 
You know, I, and I said this to you a while ago, Jim, even before we've had all these reports coming out over the last week or so, where I wonder if he just goes back like to the Rangers on a one-year deal. But now I wonder, could he end up just going to, like the Astros on a one-year deal where he has like a like an opt or a two-year deal with an opt-out? You know what I mean? Like it's it's interesting. I don't know what to think. I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Yeah, oh, yeah guys, uh, Nick, Adam, what are you thinking? Uh, well, but before I give my two cents, um, you've probably talked about this before, Robbie, but at this point right now, Boston Red Sox offseason as a whole, what is your grade? And then if they get Montgomery, what does that change to? It's a C right now. A lot of people, a lot of the enraged Red Sox fans that I have to deal with on, on Twitter land every single day would probably go F. Uh, I will give a C because I feel like they have made some smaller productive moves. Getting rid of sales contract, I think was good. Um, adding some, you know, I think Lucas Giolito is going to end up being okay. I think he's going to be two and a half to a three fan graph war kind of a picture. Good innings. I think he'll be fine. Um, they have made some lower key moves like Isaiah Campbell. I'm really excited about got him for the Mariners, like a lower name. We haven't really heard of too much, but he could end up being a guy. The Verdugo trade I thought was good. Uh, bringing in a couple of pitching prospects from the Yankees. Really excited about Richard Fitz. Um, has a great nickname that I will not say because this is a family-friendly show, and I will not say it. Um, I'll let you guys figure that out. But, yeah, I think they've made some productive moves, some good logistical kind of moves, but it's lacked the the juice. It's lacked mm. the bite. And, and Montgomery, if they do it, yeah, B plus, B. B, B plus somewhere in the middle there. That's, that's how I would feel if we got Montgomery. Okay. Okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, if you did go out and get Montgomery, I mean, I mean, you already had the Orioles training for Burns and now Red Sox going to get Montgomery. It's just going to add to this, just big picture right here, adding to this like cluster F since yeah. it's a family friendly show of a, <laughs> of an AL East. <laughs> and then maybe the Orioles could jump in too. Uh, Montgomery now, now that, uh, you know, Bradish, he's got right. something going on with his elbow. So well, who knows, what, man? Uh, I don't even know what to think. Jim, well, what do you think? Like where this offseason is kind of going, especially with Snell too on the board, little Cy Young on the board still, uh, yeah. I'm thinking it's going to come down to these injuries happening in camp and someone's going to have to pay up. Like, I wonder, I wonder too, if, yeah, the Orioles, I was thinking about it today, are they going to start to pay up and actually bring in a pretty big free agent in, in Blake Snell? Could be fun. Yeah. The Orioles are interesting because, again, that that, that it feels like it'd be a one-year deal. I, I don't think they would lock in with Jordan Montgomery for multiple years just because, I mean, a lot of those, like the, the Grace of Rodriguez and the Dean Kramers, and I even think John Means has has more time. Um, there's, there's a lot of – and Bradish will be back at some point, and when he's back, he'll have a ton of control in, in years. So – there is just if if he's taking the one year deal, I think you count the Orioles in. But if we're still looking at that four year deal or more, I can't see the O's. I don't. But but again, but again, I don't know who I see at this point. Like if Boston would spend the money, they seem like the team. Yeah. You know, maybe the Angels surprise everybody, but I I because I, the Angels have money to spend. That's 
The thing about this offseason is that the Angels still have a ton of money to spend. They are so far underneath the luxury tax level that they could go out there, sign Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, and Cody Bellinger, and I think they'd still be under the first luxury tax level. So the Angels have a ridiculous amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they going to spend it? So are we going to go with the team that has money, or are we going to go with the team that has the need? And that's that's where it just kind of we, we get stuck is that the teams with the need don't want to spend the money and the teams that have the money don't really have the need. I don't know where he's going to end up, but he's got to make a decision soon mm-hmm. because the far, the, the longer you wait, the, 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 the slower it takes for you to get, to get, or not, not that, but you, you fall behind everybody else and you're not ready for opening day. Um, I, I got to think we have a decision soon. I, I think the Red Sox are the play. It's just about finding the right years and money to yeah. to make that work. I'd like to see him uh, with Boston. I honestly think that if you add Montgomery, uh, I, our, we're going to do some over-unders here in a minute, and Boston's over-under number was 80 and a half. Mm. And I believe if you add Jordan Montgomery into the fold, I believe that takes that 80 and a half, um, and I'm comfortable putting it up, up at an 85 I mean, I'm not saying Jordan Montgomery is going to be a five-war pitcher or a five-war pitcher above uh, the other guys that are there, but you you, you have Hauk maybe in the bullpen if you do that. And Montgomery, I think Montgomery in Boston could win 13, 14 games if, he's, if, he, if he goes out there and has a good season, and that could be the difference between 80 wins and, and 84, 85 wins. Yeah. So it would strengthen the bullpen because Hauk goes to the pen. Strength is rotation. There's just there's just multiple areas where signing Jordan Montgomery improves the outlook yeah. for the Red Sox in 2020. I, I would like to say I I, I don't know because I, I don't want to look like you know just the, the biggest clown, but I, I feel like he ends up with the Red Sox. It mm-hmm. feels like JD Martinez in 2018. Difference there was well the Red Sox were coming off a first place finish, so yep. you know it, it's a little different there. It has that same feel to it. Cause I mean, really they make the most sense at the end of the day. And I wonder if all this stuff coming out, like you'd rather go to a winner. We talk about leverage all the time on here, Jim. And I, yeah. I, I think that <laughs> sounded like leverage to me. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot of other Red Sox fans were jumping off a cliff when they read that. And I'm like, <laughs> no, it's like, come on. I think it's leverage everyone. So yeah. that's how I bought it. I feel like he ends up with them, but I'm not going to be surprised at all if he ends up with the Phillies, the Astros, maybe the Orioles. So we'll yeah. see. I don't want to derail us too much here, lads, but like, you know, what is what is the holdup? And not just for him, but, you know, for, for all of these guys, like, what is this wave of waiting, mm-hmm. waiting, waiting? I, think I, I, the- I know we have our theories, but yeah. what are, what is that? Robbie, go for us. Boris, <laughs> I, yeah, think, I, I Boris, think that's and the Rangers. Yeah. I, I think he probably wanted to go back to the Rangers, and they didn't have their RSN stuff yeah. figured out until just recently. And yeah. Boris, I think the reason why Snell hasn't signed is because the plan was probably all along to get Montgomery inked, mm-hmm. because whatever Montgomery signs for, then Blake Snell signs for more. Right, because he's got the two Cy Youngs and, and all yeah. that. So get Montgomery inked first with the Rangers. Then then we take our deal for Snell, and it goes above and beyond 
whatever the percentages need to be from Montgomery. The Bellinger thing, I don't know, Robbie, what do you think? I just think the market never developed for him. There's too many metrics that point towards maybe he got lucky last year. Um, The the two previous seasons were so bad. Who wants to go $200 million for Cody Bellinger? Uh, That's the, I think it's just, there's, there's flaws with these guys that are maybe keeping teams away. And now we're at a point where the teams in theory have the leverage. Mm-hmm. But you know it's it's it, it's Boris at the end of the day. Yeah. So I'm wondering yeah, if like, out. go go ahead, Robbie. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. I just I think he's just holding out for the best deal. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm starting to wonder to kind of wrap up this conversation. Like I'm starting to wonder if uh, you know they're going to start to shift from these 200 million dollar lucrative deals to can I get a one year with a player option and see if I can up it next off season. Well, what about this? Think about this. If 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 um, Scott Boris went out there and said, okay. Um, new market for Cody Bellinger is four years, a hundred million dollars. And that fourth year is a player option. Like do teams come back to the table? And if you can get three teams to come back to the table, then you can start to negotiate that up. And then next thing you know, that four for a hundred turns into five for one twenty-five with some incentives because you start playing teams off each other. Uh, when you are asking for too much money in too many years and you can't get a bidding, you can't get a bidding war going and they kind of need it. They, they need multiple teams to get a bidding war going, uh, to get this thing done. In my opinion, that that's where Blake Snell's asking for seven. What was it? Seven for, I forgot the number now, seven for or nine for two fifty or whatever that was, mm-hmm. um, nine for two seventy. That's mm-hmm. just, you just get a no back. <laughs> you get, yeah. you don't get a counter. You don't get a legit counter. You just get a, a no. And, the conversation comes to an end. Um, speaking of the conversation and where this conversation is going to go. All right, guys, let's get into this. We'll go around the room here. Let's start with the Boston Red Sox. Let's uh, maybe, maybe we put a bow on that Red Sox portion of the conversation. Uh, over under on bet us is 80 and a half wins. Let's start with Robbie. Are you going over or under? With the, you know, they they take this roster through. So don't don't try to be sneaky and say, well, they'll get Jordan Montgomery. So I'm obviously going the over. With the current roster, you going over or under that 80 and a half? Giraffnik Robbie says over. There you go. And Robbie also says over. I actually do think they will get more than that. I think right now I see them at around like an 84 range okay. like 83 84 i th- i think that's fair right they won 78 many- they won 78 last year you're saying they're they're that much yeah. better than last year's team yeah i mean because you're going to be getting a lot of guys either you know coming in like mm-hmm. lucas giolito who's going to give them some innings as well as some guys like trevor story who i see having himself a good bounce back season a normal off season mm-hmm. you know, normal spring training i think he's finally going to be that player that they expected him to be a productive player for them. Um, you know, I, I just see guys making progression as well. Like Brian Bayo, I expect, you know, a, a even further step from him this coming year. And, you know, we talked about this uh, with Scott from foul territory. I think Andrew Bailey is going to be massive for this team. I, I saw what he did with the giants from 2017 to 2019. They were 24th in fan war with the starting pitching after he came in, they were top five and, and they were doing it with guys 
who are either names you hadn't really heard of or turning guys around like Kevin Gosman, right? Andrew Bailey was a big reason for that. Got a lot out of him. Um, you know, look at Logan Webb. Logan Webb, I think many people forget he was not very good when he first came up. The first mm-hmm. couple of years was not great, but he got a breakout season out of him. And look at what Logan Webb is doing today, right? He's gotten a lot out of guys. And I think with Bailey, you know, hey, this is a team that he was with at one point. I think he's comfortable here. I think he's going to get a lot out of this yep. Red Sox team. That's a boring take to a lot of people because a lot of people, they like to say, oh, well, the Red Sox, they haven't added anyone. Well, you know, it's a lot of the times it's it's not always like MLB The Show where you go into the free agent market and you sign all the star players, right? Coaching is a thing, right? Yep. Making adjustments is, is a thing. Human beings are human beings at the end of the day. Sometimes you need a different approach. And I think he does that. I think he gets more out of this pitching staff. And I think the Red Sox defensively are going to be better. Let's see if they, you know, let's see what happens with Jaron Duran. You know, Sadam Rafaela, that guy's glove is legit. Uh, if he ends up getting a lot of playing time out in center field, that's going to be amazing. So we'll see. I think the Red Sox will be better. How much better? Not quite sure. I'll probably go 84 wins right now. Uh, Nick and Adam, you guys going over or under 80 and a half? I'm right there with you, Robbie. I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to hit the over. It's convinced you it's light. Uh, it's, it's a good line. I think it's a really good line. Cause yeah, like I'm, I feel like I'm going back and forth between 80 and 81 wins, but something just tells me that the, the Boston Red Sox and the way that they're built and listening to you talk about them. I mean, I I just I feel like this is a squad that is just slightly better than 500. And I did I just sell you on my Red than... Sox? Did I sell you on the Red Sox? Right <laughs> yeah, you gotta, did I do that, that or, man? Like, well, listen, listening to your take on on how all, this guy brings out all all the best in the players and gets the breakouts. And I mean, like, I almost completely forgot that Trevor Story was a thing. Me too. You know, <laughs> and and you bringing him up, I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. This guy was so good for so long, and you yeah. know why? Why can't he do that again? So I think it's it's not going to be major, but I, I would I'd probably say like 82 wins. It, it might be where mm. I'm at with, with the Boston. Cool with that. Yeah, I'll be honest. I was ready to smash the under uh, as well, <laughs> uh, but you know what, like. I, I, I'm kind of with Nick as well. Uh, I think outside of the AL East, you guys can win series. I, I mean, I like I like Jared Duran. I think he had a great year last year. He's really exciting. And, um, you know, I, I keep forgetting, like, you got, you know, Tyler O'Neill, if I'm not mistaken. You guys traded for Me him. Too. He, he could be a guy. You, you never know. G- Lucas Giolito could be a great guy in the rotation. You know, Kenley yeah. Jansen, right? Like, uh, in, in the bullpen, like, there's, there's pieces there. Yeah. To make this Whitlock, team a winnable like, yeah. team. But, you know, you do got to get through the, what would it be, 52 games against the AL East this year. Uh, I think they're, you could stay competitive there. But outside, I think you could pick up some wins. So, you know what? Yeah, I'll say 82 wins. Right at five, or 81. Right at 500. Right at 500. Yeah, there's a lot of bounce back candidates for the Red Sox. I, I completely forgot about Tyler O'Neill. That's another guy who hasn't played all that much, right? Will your Abreu's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. He's a kind of a lower key name who could end up doing some things. Garrett Whitlock, he was so good a couple of years ago. He's fully healthy now. Tanner Houck, let's see. There's, there are some good things about the Red Sox. It's how much can they get out of these guys? There's a lot of interesting with this team. And 
But what I feel like there is lacking is the 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 set it and forget it guys, the Rafi Devers types. Um, I I worry that there's too much volatility with what you can expect from too many guys that are in key everyday roles. That's in the rotation. That's in the lineup. Be- so because of that, I'm taking the under. Mm-hmm. I think they are what they were. I mean. We are all, all, all four of us. We're like five or six games apart because I don't think that they're. I think they are what they were last year in terms of wins, which was seventy-eight. So it's I'm I'm close to the number as well. I'm just a hair underneath, and it really just boils down to, in in too many spots there is uncertainty. That uncertainty could shoot through the roof, and they could mm-hmm. be phenomenal, or they could bust. And they leave the team with a hole at the middle of that rotation or or uh, in in the middle of that lineup. So for that reason, I'm going to go slightly, slightly under. Um, let's dig into the Blue Jays. Uh, the Blue Jays over under number is 86 and a half, mm. which I mean, they were 89 wins last year. So the over under is 86 and a half. I'll let the boys start are you guys going over or under 86 and a half so i think we talked about this on a podcast we did a little over under and um i'm going over um it's just simply the rotation it's Mm -hmm. just too strong i mean unless there's some dramatic fall off or injuries but like i'm doing these predictions not thinking about injuries just thinking about uh the team as a whole and their depth i think the rotation's just too strong like it's a good rotation to get yourself to the postseason and, you know, with all the changes we've done with this hitting uh, coaching staff, and, you know, you got to expect some sort of bounce back for some guys. The, the uh, uh, runs created was just so under last year. Everyone dropped off heavily. So there was obviously some sort of overarching strategy that did not work for the Blue Jays last year. And I believe that they have made that change to get rid of that and go back to what made these guys strong and that is going back to the strengths, hitting the fastball. A lot of these guys could not hit the fastball last year. We don't know what it was. All these guys couldn't hit the fastball. I'm in a, I'm, I'm in a belief that, like, if they their pitching can carry them over that mark itself and that their hitting is going to be back, I'm going over. That, that feels like an easy over for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the reason that the line is where it's at right now, 86 and a half from where, where they were at, 89 wins, we did this thought experiment the other day. We looked at – Everybody from last year, who they brought in and who they lost, who they retained, and effectively just from last year alone. And obviously, you know, that's things are going to change. But the Toronto Blue Jays did lose six war from year over year. If you're just looking at last year to this year, player mm-hmm. to player, you know, com- completely same roster. So I think that's why that's where you're getting that line right there at 86 and a half. I'm going to go over as well. And I, I think it's because the the Blue Jays last year, um, they won 89 games and they still won 89 games whilst getting absolutely annihilated in the American League East. Mm. Yep. They went 21 and 31 in the American League East. Like they were losing most of those series, most mm-hmm. of those games, and somehow they still won mm-hmm. 89 games. And I, I just, I find it hard to believe that that they're going to get 
crunched that bad in their division again. I still think that they are better than, you know, a lot of the other squads out there. And we're going to pick up series whenever we play Kansas City or you know whoever else in the American League. I think most of those you're going to see the Blue Jays are walking away with wins. And, and I think that, yeah, you're they're going to do better against their own division. And maybe that's a little hopium. Maybe that's a little bit of uh, I saw Alec Manoa drop 30 pounds and I'm feeling good about it. Uh, but I, I'm I'm going to go over too. I'm going to go over. Robbie? I'd say over right now. Yeah, I think that's safe to say. I think they're a talented team. And like mm-hmm. I said earlier, you know, you added a couple of guys who would be good for the clubhouse there. So I, mean, every, I think people forget they were a good team last year. They just didn't quite hit that ceiling that we all thought they could. Yeah. So, yeah, and I expect better seasons out of Vlad, Manoa, and even, you know, George Springer too. I think he needs to step up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, you know, I, I felt like he was very – average for a leadoff hitter yeah right i'm actually curious to think you know what do you guys think with the lineup right now do you think there could be some maybe some changes to the lineup talk to me in yeah. june talk to me in june if, if he's still the way that he is in june then we'll talk man yeah i mean yeah. funny enough former red Sox justin turner i mean there was talks in the blue jay community about well if springer is struggling what if you did put Justin Turner at the top of the lineup because yeah. look, there's no speedsters in this lineup. We have no Ricky Hendersons, mm-hmm. right? So what do we need? We need guys to get on mm-hmm. base. Justin Turner, he can work the pitcher like the best of them. And you put him on the would lineup, be good. yeah, right. Real yep. good. Gets on base, works the pitcher. That's the kind of guy you need. So it could be a possibility. There could be answers there. Yeah. yeah. But right now I would say over on it. Mm-hmm. I would. So I think you will see a better Vlad. I think you're going to see a more motivated Vlad Jr. So, you know, especially after going to an arbitration hearing that he just won, feel like he has a you know a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's the MLB The Show guy too. Mm-hmm. So I think you'll see a better Vlad overall. So I think the Blue Jays, I, I still think you'll see right around that you know, 90 win mark, I would say. 88, 92, somewhere in that range. Yeah. I'm I'm with all of you. We are going over on the Blue Jays. And uh, you know, they can't you guys have outlined it. Manoa bounced back. Vlad, I mean, they won 89 games last year. Vladdy was disappointing. Manoa was a circus. So they're going to be um uh, at, at the very least what they were in terms of uh, record wise. So over the one, all the, the way. one the one thing I will say is Jose Barrios, too. You know, he's been kind of this, you know every other year kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what he will be like this year. He got a good season out of him last year. Could we see some regression there? Who knows? You know, Chris Bassett, how's he going to do? I feel like this guy just keeps going and going and going. So, you know, I think starting pitching wise, I have a couple of not concerns, just, you know, I'm curious about a couple of things in the rotation. I'm fine with Gosman. So, you know, mm-hmm. how are you guys feeling about Bassett and Brios coming into this year? I'll be honest, like, I think uh, with Bassett, I, I, I like what you said, he just keeps going. I mean, there's no reason to say that he's not going to keep going. Um, I feel like he's going to put up another good year. Uh, Barrios, steadily in his career, has always been getting a little bit better. If you just look at his reference, like just ERA, just steadily mm-hmm. a little bit better. And then he had that really bad blip I know you're talking about in 2022, where it was just awful. Mm-hmm. Like, we yeah. just had to play him, 32 starts, worst starting pitcher in baseball that year. Uh, and then he comes right back on track. So 
for me, that felt like an outlier a little bit. So I'm more on weighing on the side that he will continue down this consistent, I'm a good two, three kind of guy in the rotation. The one guy I am for the same argument we're most worried about would be Yusei Kikuchi. Yeah. Because yeah. he had a flip in a positive sense year where he was really good. Can he do that again? We don't know. We, we're going to lean more on the no, maybe in the fours, mid fours kind of range, right? All right, so we've got the Rays up next. Uh, I'm going to kick you guys off, and then I'm going to step out of the room for a minute, but I will be back in a minute. 84 and a half is the over-under number from BetUS. After winning 99 games, is wow. Tyler Glass now and Wander Franco knocking out 15? Um, Robbie, we will start with you. Uh, are you going over-under on the 84 and a half? Hmm. Yeah, I'll go over. I'll go yeah, over. I think this one's kind of easy for me. You got to go over with this one. I mean, you go from – they had 99 wins. You go from <laughs> 99 to 84 and a half. Yeah, they lost arguably their two most, you know, uh, you know all-star players. Yeah. But they're the Tampa Bay Rays. I, I've seen this for a decade now. I'm walking uh, baseball. Yeah. They continue will, to find yeah. ways using analytics, using – um, using their development system, using their using their scouts outside of the Rays organization, they're going to find they're going to find 89, 90 wins somehow. I don't know how they're going to find a way. Yeah, like okay. if there is a year though, if there is a year for them to take a step back, I think it would be this year. Right? Yeah, you're right. No one saw the whole Franco thing happening, right? And that was kind of like the Rays are always a team very prepared. Uh, they weren't prepared for that. So, yeah. how, well, you could also say they're prepared in the sense they do have some guys down in the minor leagues like Caminero, Mead. So those are some reinforcements that could end up coming up and helping this year. But that was a big loss, man. Like that was the centerpiece of your team right there. You built your team around Franco. Mm. So let's see. Let's see what ends up happening there. They got uh some decent defense to replace him but at the end of the day it is franco mm-hmm. you don't have glass now and, and glass gave him a really good season last year his best season right so let's see how that goes ryan pepio at the end of the day he's you know you don't know what you're gonna get out of him so i would imagine he's gonna be fine he's definitely a good young pitcher so you know in the end i, I do think if there is one year for the rays to surprise some people in a sense where, where you're like, wow, okay. They didn't actually win 90 games this year. Wow. This could be the year, but like you said, they always seem to figure it out. So I'll probably go over on it. You know, we've been doing this for a while now. Like we've been, I think we've been having this podcast for like, you know, this is like the fourth year for us. And I, we've effectively in one way or another, always done over under predictions in some capacity, especially for the American league East and every single year, without fail, I go under on the Rays. And every single year, without fail, <laughs> I lose every single time. Flip it. Go am, over, I gonna, please. I am going to do it again this year. <laughs> I'm going to do it again this year. I have not learned my lesson. I am going under again. I I, I just, you know, I'm, I can't get over what's happened to them. In this offseason, man, I I just can't. And I and I'm kind of I'm kind of with you, Robbie, thinking that if there's one year that it's gonna happen, 
It's going to be this one. And honestly, at this point, it just feels like I have to keep smashing the under until it hits just because I'm so deep now. But I, I kind of believe it's going to happen so this year. If you keep doubling up, you'll you'll make it back every, every year. <laughs> you'll just make it all back. Pretty much, yes. Listen, I, I am gonna go under, I'm going to go under on the race. It's not going to be by a lot, yeah. but I'm going to go under. This could be one of the years where everyone's doubting the Red Sox, and here we go. I mean, I'm just <laughs> and you saying. Fourth, congrats. Excuse yeah. my draft, Nick Robbie, but I'm just saying fourth place <laughs> sounds pretty good. So, I, I, I'm going to take the over, but I'm going way under last year's win total. Like they're they with this 84 and a half number, you know, this could still be an 80 this could still be an 86, 87 win team. And, and I think that it's likely And um, then I don't think they get to 90. I, I, I will agree on that. They will be under 90, but I believe they will be over that, uh, that over under number. It just seems, it almost feels like if they go under that, that means the season was a complete failure and they finished below 500. And I have a hard time seeing a Kevin cash led team do Fall, fall to that level but uh definitely a step back but still over on the over under number for me uh yankees this one is mm. very interesting last year 82 wins the over under from bet us is 93 and a half wow is everything gonna go right is judge gonna stay healthy is stroman gonna be a legit number two does rodon bounce back i feel like all these things need to happen for them to go over but before I give my uh, two cents on it, uh, let's start with Nick and Adam. Are you guys going over or under 93 and a half for the Yankees? I'm like really split on this one, guys. Like I've I've actually been thinking about the Yankees a decent amount. And ever since kind of their lines started coming out, I am I'm so back and forth on this. And I, I mean, part of me, part of me really believes that Juan Soto was going to win MVP this year. Mm hmm. I, I think that I really do. I bet on it this morning. Um, yeah. I yeah, I think it's a mm. it's a good bet. Um, but all that being said, like Garrett Cole won Cy Young last year, and what did that do for them? You know, right. so I think that they're gonna be good. I think that they're gonna be way better than what they were. Are they that much better? That is tough. You know what? Maybe I'm gonna go slightly, slightly over slightly over yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go over and, and here's why i've been thinking about this a lot you know last year they got injured a lot um mm -hmm. if you were to roll the dice of that yankee roster last year do they how many times they end up with 82 wins probably very very little mm -hmm. um i think more times than not they were they were 19 wins of the yankees again right and again, adding Stroman, like really locking in that rotation. What are we going to see from Carlos Rodon this year? Are we going to get Carlos Rodon again? Like really good Carlos Rodon. If that rotation locks in, that's that's dominant. Mm. That lineup is going to be, look, you got Judge, you got Soto. That's just going to be a gross one-two punch in the game. DJ up there too. Um, and, and hey, another year with the young guys. What are we going to get out of them? I, it's just, I'm rolling the dice again, and there's yeah. more positive this time around. So I got I got to go over, and they're my favorites to win the AL East this year. Yeah, Robbie. Yeah, I'm going over. I'll, I'll go 9,800 wins. I like this Yankee team a lot. I, I really do. I I think they had a really good offseason. But what I like about the offseason, I'm a big intangible guy, and they added guys like Marcus Stroman and Verdugo. While they might rub some people the wrong way, I actually feel like they actually could 
give something to the Yankees, right? Just some energy there, just something, right? Stroman, for a long time, he has wanted to go there. He has wanted to be on the Yankees, and he seems passionate about being there. I like that. I, mm-hmm. I like seeing that from, from these Yankee guys, right? Show that you're, like, you're proud to be a Yankee. I like that from Stroman. Verdugo, you know, I, I was, you know, always a little iffy on, on Verdugo with the Red Sox. There were definitely a lot of good things, but last year, you know, some stuff started coming out where he was showing up late to the games. And, you know, I think Verdugo this year, he's going to have to really tighten that up a little bit. Um, Cause he is going to be a free agent and he, he can't be goofing around. Like there were some stories last year that he was leaving games early, you know, to go pick up some necklaces and stuff. It's like, Verdugo, man, you're, you're not Manny Ramirez. Like, start acting like you're Manny Ramirez and start acting like you're Alex Verdugo a little bit, right? Be a good mm-hmm. role player to your team. Um, you know, who, who knows what was going on with him, but he seemed to rub people the wrong way, especially towards the end of the year last year and how he kind of went out sort of blaming Cora, um, you know. So I don't know. Let's see what ends up happening. And then you get Dominguez coming back at some point. So I, I think they're going to be good there. Uh, yeah. but obviously Soto is the big one. He gives judge either the way they, whatever, however they do the order, they're going to protect each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think their lineup is better top to bottom. I'm expecting bounce backs from Anthony Rizzo from Carlos Rodon in the rotation. I think that rotation could be really good. Uh, I really like this Yankees team. I do. I, the bullpen mm-hmm. looks good to me. There's a lot of good things. And I think it's going to time out. Or it's it's gonna it's gonna be timed right with guys getting the getting some regression, getting some bounce back years, getting just constant from Soto Judge. Hopefully, if he's fully healthy, healthy, um, and then also you know Anthony Volpe, you know second year of Anthony Volpe. Let's see what else he can do. I like this Yankee team. I mm-hmm. think they can approach a hundred wins. Yeah, I think what can the Yankees do? What's their ceiling? Their ceiling is over a hundred wins. Like. Uh, and that's even with some room like Rodon, I don't think has to get back to what he was with the Giants for them to get to 100 wins. Like this, this team can reach that high. But what is my what would my wallet do? My wallet's taking the under because. I believe too many things have to go right. I believe that there are there there is injury concerns. I I can see this team, I can see this team getting to 100 wins. I could also see this team getting to 90 wins. And if I'm actually putting money down on it, I think I'm putting money down on the under. But what could they do? 100 wins for sure. What would I bet? I would bet the under because I'm worried about injuries. I'm worried about poor performance. I'm worried about. Verdugo and Stroman sparking a, a a locker room issue. I'm worried about <laughs> Dominguez's return is delayed. I'm worried that Volpe is a defensive first guy and has it can't do it with the stick. Um, I'm worried that Rizzo isn't going to get back. Rizzo is is going to be a year older. I'm there's there that Stanton's going to get hurt. That Judge is going to get hurt. There's oh, so man. many of those factors. That could come into play and completely derail the season if they if if multiple uh multiple of those elements that I just lined, if they all have if, if multiple of those happen at the same time, this team could be in, in some real trouble. So for that reason, because it's not a sure thing, uh, I'm gonna bet the under, but I can see this team winning 100 games. This team has the talent to do it. Um, 
and that's not, I'm not trying to wiggle out of anything at the end of the, you know, at the end of the year, when the Yankees have a hundred wins, everybody can give me a bunch of garbage for taking the under. That's fine. Um, let's go to the final team in the American league East. That is the Baltimore Orioles. Mm-hmm. Last year, they won 101 games and they're over under for 2024 is at 90 and a half. Are the Orioles going to come down 11 wins? Are we, we are we doing this before or after we saw the injury updates today? <laughs> this is, I believe, I'm going to refresh the uh, the line. The line is still, and this would have been updated, 90 and a half has to be taking into account the Bradish injury. But I want to say I looked at this the other day and it was, it was 90 and a half. I'm going to refresh it one more time. I feel like it was 90 and a half the other day too. So yeah, it still says 90 and a half. So take it for what you will. Uh, Bradish is out for maybe the season, maybe a month or two. Who knows? Uh, what do you think the, the over under is for the Orioles? Are you going over or under 90 and a half? I'll let you guys go first. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> because I I maybe I'll get some hate for this. I do think they really overperformed last year. Like really. Like they mm-hmm. I don't know how they got 101 wins with their pitching staff. I I, I don't know. The bullpen's really good. Give them credit. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how they did it with that rotation. I don't know. Um, so I do think there will be some sort of equal equaling out in terms of this season with their pitching. They did have Ed Burns, granted, so very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think the lineup is very good. I mean, they got the number one prospect, Jackson Holiday, coming up. We'll see what we get from him. I think there's still a lot of guys there that can do a lot of damage. I don't think they're going to get 100 wins again, but are they going to get 92, 93? Maybe they make some additions at the trade deadline. Maybe they get more aggressive this year. Who knows? I think I would go slightly over and maybe count them as like, the 2022 Blue Jays, 91 wins. We're good. I'm I'm going over 100%, dude, and I'm not thinking twice about it. Like, I just mm. – I look at that team, and I, I look at what they were capable of accomplishing last year, and I agree that, it you know, they, they overperformed. But now, after we've seen it for a year, I don't know if that would be an overperformance anymore because they've shown that they're capable of doing it at, you know, with the roster that they had. I think that they're getting better and they're bringing in Mm -hmm. Corbin Burns and these young players that they are built off of like, damn guys, like that's, that's what I wanted the Guerrero Mm -hmm. Bichette, uh, Kevin Biggio uh, lineup to look like, you know, they're doing it for real. They're living it right now. And, and I do also believe that come trade deadline, if they're in a position and they're fighting the New York Yankees for that number one spot in the division or, or whoever it is, if it's the, the Red Sox or the Jays or whatever, they have the capital to go out and and effectively trade for literally whoever they want, if they choose mm. to do so. And, and I think that the, the, the management now being new, being coming in, uh, I, I think mm-hmm. that that's the, the new mentality that they're going to take. So I, I feel very comfortable actually hitting the over on 90 and a half wins. I, I kind of think that they're going to win the division again. I wouldn't be shocked if the New York Yankees do it. Um, but I, I I'm pegging them for at least number one or at least number two in the American league East. You know, what's going to be interesting. So I think I was reading that the ownership should 
officially change hands. Paperwork should be done. It should go through. I want to say, and, and somebody can correct me if they saw it. I'll keep an eye on the chat. If somebody else saw it differently, that it is a, it's going to be mid-year. It's going to be during the summer that mm-hmm. we officially uh, maybe change hands. Do you think the new owners might want to make a splash right out of the gate? Like this Corbin Burns thing is still under the Angelos family regime. You know, we, we know that the change is coming, but the new owner actually takes over uh, mid-season, and maybe they want to make a big splash at the trade deadline and go out there and get the best piece available because they want to make a statement to the city, that fan base, the rest of the division, the rest of baseball. Um, Robbie, you go, and then and then I'll give mine at the end. Yeah, I'll go over. Uh, I'll say probably any, 95, 100 wins. I think there's a chance they could even be better next year because you got so many young guys that are going to take another step, right? Gunnar Henderson was so good last year. Jackson Holiday, I think that guy can contribute like so much in his first season. He's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, Corbin Burns, the big addition there. I do think Felix Batista is a big loss. I don't think Mm -hmm. people are weighing that one very uh, a lot. Like Craig Kimbrell is not Felix Batista. That dude was so good. Um, Kimbrell, he gives me a heart attack, even though he's not even on the Red Sox anymore. So I think the bullpen is going to take a hit there. Um, I'm glad they got Burns without Burns. I think people underrated Gibson a little bit last year because he gave you a lot of innings, but what Burns does is he gives you those innings and he's going to be very good at the same time. So that was a great move on their end. So yeah, I think they're going to be right around the same. Funny enough, you know, Another Mike Elias team back in the day, the Houston Astros, when they finally showed up, they won 101 games back in 2017, just like the Orioles did last year. And then the next year, they won 103 games. So I'm just saying the Mike Elias teams, when they show up, they're here to stay. I'm just saying. So there's a lot of talent, man, on this team. So good. I think they will need to do something. My prediction is they will have to add something to that bullpen at the deadline. I think that's going to be a bit finicky in the first half. I think you're going to see some issues there, but I think the rest of the team is going to keep them afloat. Grayson Rodriguez, I'm very excited for, but Bradish was also a loss, right? So they're going to have to piece together some things here. The pitching, even though, yeah, Burns, right? That's good. Obviously not good. That's great, but they're going to have to figure it out on the pitching depth side of things in the rotation, in the bullpen. So I do like this team overall, I wouldn't say like without like a slam dunk, hundred wins. I still think they're going to be very good, easy yep. wild card contender for me. So that, that ninety at, and at a least, half, at least easy wild card contender, at least. Yeah, the, the ninety and a half is, I think, one of the most bettable lines that's that's here. Like the Yankees, there's some volatility. Uh, the Rays, there's a lot of concern. The Blue Jays. It's really close to last year's number. Uh, the Red Sox is close to last year's number. So it's it's kind of tough. This one feels like the easiest bet out of all of them to go over. Um, they're not going to come down 11 wins. They may come down to 93, 94, and, and, and you know, make, make your heart race depending on you know, how much money you want to lay down on this thing. But they, the floor feels like it's 93, 94, because um, you've got these injuries, but let's say Mountcastle gets hurt. Let's say Gunnar Henderson gets hurt. Um, they have players coming right behind them. 
they have Colton Cowser, they have Jackson Holiday, they have they have uh, an army of of major league ready talent in the minors that they can call up. So they have sort of that safety net from a roster perspective. The pitching is one where after the Corbin Burns trade and with the uh, with, with how many assets they have in the farm system, if the season seems like it's starting to spiral, they will make a trade for a starting pitcher. I cannot imagine they go through this thing and be like, ah, well, you know, hey, the rotation never worked out. Uh, they have said, I mean, in trading for Corbin Burns, a rental player, they have basically made the announcement that we're going for it. And if you trade for, it's almost, it's similar to the Yankees trading for Soto, uh, the Orioles here trading for Burns. You're signaling that this is a World Series year for your team. This is, that's what the goal is. And that is what's on paper. Um, you can't let the fact that Dean Kramer goes down derail your season. You then need to go and trade for, Pony up for Dylan Cease or trade for Shane Bieber or do something like that. Like you got to keep that rotation going. I like Grayson Rodriguez. I think he's going to be great. Dean Kramer is a solid pitcher. Uh, they've got some good pieces there, and yeah, I think they'll deal if they need to deal. Mm-hmm. Um, there's our over unders. We are pretty much in agreement on a lot of them. There were a few where we went in different directions, but um, those that we did, we were really just kind of close in the overall numbers. Um, guys, Nick and Adam, I we we. Appreciate you guys coming in and spending some time with us. I would love for you to tell the live viewers and those listening on the podcast what you guys have that that you're working up and, and what they can expect to find on Blue Jays today. Yeah. Well, if you're big Blue Jay fans, come on over to Blue Jays today on YouTube and our social medias, Instagram, Twitter. We're going to be doing a ton of live play-by-plays throughout the entire season in spring training. Three a week is what we're aiming for, as well as our Blue Jays Today show twice a week and lots of other fun content kind of coming in between breaking down the Jays and some predictions and et cetera. Yeah, yeah, 100%, guys. No, it was, it was a real pleasure uh, being on here and and talk talking ball with you guys. I know it's not that damn baseball show anymore, <laughs> uh, but but it's uh, it's still pretty good, folks. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun having you guys on and, and, and kicking it around. Uh, Robbie, any any parting words? Oh, can my Red Sox just do something? <laughs> Sign Jordan Montgomery, please. Do it. Yeah, thank you, guys. I pre- it's it's great, you know, having this again. It's been a couple of years since we joined up together. Uh, we got to do this more during the season. Yeah. I know people yeah. tend to say that, like, oh, we got to do this more. But let's actually do this more during the season. It's always fun. I think we might have some time. Let's do yep. it. Let's do it. All right. Thank you all, those of you watching live, for coming in and spending part of your Thursday night with us. Thank you. Those listening on the podcast for lending us your ears and letting us be with you while you're doing whatever you're doing, driving to work, driving home from work, driving around, doing your thing. Appreciate you guys coming in. Make sure to subscribe to the barreled up podcast. If you have not yet and make sure to turn on the automatic downloads. So you have the content, you have the episodes as soon as they drop. We're out of here. Thank you guys for coming in again. We'll catch you next time. 